Welcome to the Hockey Hoods Podcast for Friday, May 30th of 2014. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And we are one day removed from finding out one of the finalists for the Stanley Cup. And that finalist is going to be the New York Rangers for Stanley Cup final appearance since their magical run in 1994. When Alex Kovlev took them on their on his back, <laughs> <laughs> or or Mark Messier and Brian Leach, and no, uh, it was that was a very memorable run. Uh, I think that was when hockey was at its peak, almost in North America, and unfortunately, the momentum was snuffed out because we had our first of uh, Gary Bettman's three lockouts. But the Rangers are back. Um, led by Henrik Lundqvist, and uh, any thoughts on on these New York Rangers? Um, it just it feels odd. I I think if anyone had asked me at the start of the year, you know, the rosters, everyone's rosters are pretty similar to what they had at the start of the year. Would the Rangers be in the Stanley Cup Finals? I'd have said no. I'd have probably picked three or four teams to have beaten them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, Not that they had to beat either, either of any of those teams East. that I thought. Yeah, you know that, that's what I mean. Um, the, the, oh, and you know, care to the name them? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Boston. Um, okay, that's two off the top of my head. I probably would have even said, you know what? No, two teams. I would have thought both of those teams would have beaten New York, and they only had to beat one of them. Very true. Um, one thing I saw on Twitter, which was actually a pretty great point. <clears throat> Uh, a man uh, from, out of Buffalo of WGR, Mike Shope, he um, on Twitter said uh, the Rangers were a team that he would have never given a second look at and never would have predicted them going this far, but the use of analytics, looking at what kind of team they were with puck possession and even strength save percentage and stuff, he's he's been hot on the Rangers for the last month and a half, two months, and he admitted, he goes, if I didn't look at these numbers, I would have never even giving them a look, but you, it just goes to show sometimes things stick out statistically. And and, and once again, it's like that, that sample size. It's that sample size thing you're talking about as well. Like, you know, you can get there, and, and playoffs can be too small a sample size at times. Um, but as you said, he's gone over the whole year. He's looked at the numbers, and they seem to trend that in that direction. So it's sort of not hard to believe that they're there now. Like. I don't go out and, and look at the stats and stuff. I let people do all that work, and then I'll <laughs> decide. I'll decide looking at what the information they give me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like to think I do a little bit of that work, but yes, I, I do enjoy oh. when other people do it for me. You, you're the person I'm referencing. You do a lot of the work. I take the information that you put together, and I make my mind up from there. And you can see that the Rangers, with those possession stats and even strength safe percentage, have done very well. So you get there and go, I shouldn't be surprised. I just am. Um, and, and to further this point, we have three teams left in, in the playoffs right now. And the three teams for their Fenclose uh, puck possession, which is basically their Fenwick rating, any shots towards the net that aren't blocked, whether they're wide of the net or not, um, during a one-goal game or a tie game. And the three teams left are the LA Kings, who are 
I believe, first overall in possession. The Chicago Blackhawks, who are second overall in possession, and the New York Rangers, who are sixth overall in possession. So you have three of the top six possession teams in the final three. So is possession everything? No. Is it important? Yes, clearly it is. But as, as we were saying before we started uh, recording this, in seven-game series, the one thing that can destroy possession stats is the person in between the pipes. Absolutely. That's the, it's the one thing. It's, it's like you said about the, um, the Maple Leafs all year was their possession stats were terrible and everyone was going, well, they're still winning, they're still winning. It's because they were getting good goaltending. Great at times. Yeah, with, yeah, and and that was the that was the the great great equalizer for them. The other so, um, the other variable that I think plays into defeating possession is shooting percentage, and if you can get on an incredibly hot streak shooting the puck, you can certainly um, defeat it that way. And the Leafs were very good at shooting percentage and save percentage. So basically, the PDO stat, combining the two, so. That's how you beat puck possession in a short-term series. But um, the New York Rangers, they have the possession, and they're fifth overall in the NHL for even strength save percentage this year. Um, and that save percentage was uh, 929. So that's pretty good. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> and um, the LA Kings are first in possession. They are second in even strength save percentage at 936. So when you combine the two... You get great goaltending, and you always own the puck. The other team's going to need a lot of luck to beat you. Yeah, and you don't like to leave things to luck. It, you some, it. Sometimes it'll work. Yeah. Most times, though, not so much. And this is where it's a little bit interesting because Chicago, great possession team, they were only 25th this year in even strength save percentage with 913. That's not very good at all. That could be their Achilles heel, and uh, we'll find out tonight um, with L.A. and Chicago picking their series back up. Um, I hope Chicago wins just because I want to see a Game 7, but I think both teams are worthy of playing in the final. Well, you also get there and you hear, um, you get there and you hear there's a, a lot of people saying that whoever wins that Western Conference has, has won the Stanley Cup. So I'm one of those people. I still, I still reckon the Rangers are going to win it all. I know, and, and and they can. They certainly can because they have the goalie that can do it. They have, they, they have good players, clearly. Yeah, yep. I just think the other teams have better players, and uh, I agree. I totally. I, this is the thing. You sit there and, and you look at the rosters just purely on, on player for player. And you look at experience in this situation, and yes, New York have got you know the two ex Tampa Bay Lightning guys that have won it all, one of them having the the Con Smythe as well. And you sit there and just go, the Rangers, you know, aren't good enough to shouldn't be good enough to beat either of those two teams. But I have a feeling that they will. There's just something about this team. They've got that feeling of destiny about them because of everything that that they've gone through, and they just believe. So this is where you get there and go in a seven-game series, like you said, you get a hot shooting streak or you get a hot goalie, which Lundqvist has been amazing in his playoffs, and it's anyone's game. I agree. 
with everything you said, and I'm still going to pick the Western team in five. Yeah, no, and, and you, you certainly can. I'm, it's probably going to blow up in my face, but hey, whatever. I'll enjoy watching it. Yeah, it'll be good. I'll actually make sure I, I get to watch um, some of these some of these Stanley Cup games because I've, I've really gone off the boil watching the, uh, the conference finals. Well, here's my only concern with the Rangers. If you could draw up a path for the Rangers to get to the final, I don't think you'd be able to draw a much easier path. Than, the only way that it could have been easier was if um, the, the Blue Jackets had beaten the Penguins. Because the teams they went through weren't very good possession teams. Uh, the Flyers were 23rd. The Penguins were 16th, and the Canadians were 22nd. So okay. not exactly talking about teams that own the puck for the most part. Uh, and the Rangers are good in that area. Uh, don't get me wrong, as we've stated, but I, I worry about them facing the first or second place possession team in the league. Um, I just think those two teams are many notches above anything they've seen yet this playoff season. Well, I suppose you get there and go, well, Hank's going to have to earn that title of, you know, best goalie of this generation sort of a, a buzz if you, if you look at it that way because <clears throat> I, I think he's been their best player through each of their three series to date. He's been the reason they've won. He's certainly not the reason they've lost. Whereas you can get there and, and sometimes people can make the case that the reason LA have lost particular games is because um, Quick hasn't been good. So that's why the, they've lost that particular game. And, and same with, with Crawford at times. It's, it's like people get there and go, oh, Chicago lost that game because Quick had a bad one or Crawford had a bad one. But he, I, I don't think I could really say that about Lundqvist except for that one game against Montreal where it was a 65-64 to 64 And they shootout. should have put him back in. Yeah, you were pretty adamant with that. Yeah, I don't understand that. The, the reason you pull him in that blowout is to save him for the next game, correct? Because there's yes. no hope of winning that game. Things turned around so drastically, it is now a big chance of winning the game. You just said he's a generational goaltender, yes? Maybe the best. Yeah, he is. is he the Definitely, best player? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On what planet do you not play your best player in professional yeah. sports? Well, in the hockey world, you do. The only reason they pulled him was to rest him, not because he's a pig. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. I'm sitting there thinking about it, and I, I get what you mean. I, I kind of understand because I would never have thought of pulling the goalie and then throwing him back in. Like, I remember watching a couple of old games, and was it, I can't remember if it was Mike Keener, would pull a guy and put a guy in, pull a guy and put a guy in again, like a goalie carousel. And you sit there and go, surely that's nuts. But now, you don't you want to make a regular and... habit of it like Keenan used to do, but the reason they did it was because they conceded that game. They thought they were out of it. But mm. the, the planets aligned, and they weren't. So put your best guy back in. Yes, that makes perfect sense to me. When you sit there and you, you put it that way, you can get there and go, you know what, that does make sense. It's 
you get there and go, all right, we're about to win this game. Really, Ken Talbot's okay, but Henry Lundqvist is Henry Lundqvist throwing back in there. Game, he should have been back in. Because I believe Talbot let in a, a stinker after that, if memory serves correct. But and that's not his fault. That's just who he is. He's a no. He's oh, he's okay. He's fine. Yeah, I don't have any. He's he's a good backup, but. Henrik Lundqvist is the number one goalie in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I was, that was a little old school mentality there, I think. Uh, oh, he's pulled, so we got to ride the other guy. And He wasn't pulled so much for his poor play as it was. We're going to rest him because this game's over. But it wasn't, and he should have been back in. One, one, like I said earlier, I haven't watched a lot of these conference finals games, but one thing I've noticed from the highlights and stuff that I've watched, they all seem fun. Well, I you think know, the West not, has been more fun. But they don't seem like 1-0 boring games. Like From what I can garner from the game that the Rangers won, they seem, even that one zip game seemed to be a fun game. There was excitement. There were that things was, that were happening. Last night's wasn't very entertaining okay the game before it that Lundqvist was pulled highly entertaining yeah um but uh game six I didn't find um super entertaining I suppose if you're a fan of either of those teams it would have been because once it games are years shortening no I enjoy uh any playoff game but if we're going to rank them at against other playoff games I, I thought it was lower on the totem pole. It was no uh, game five of Chicago, L.A., where they played close to nine minutes without a whistle in overtime and played the entire overtime in 26 minutes, exchanging that, chances back and forth. It wasn't keep away hockey. It was going for the I throat think, the whole the whole time. I think I may have to sit down and watch that overtime. But 26 minutes for an OT, you get to those OT games and they can the, the overtime periods can take, you know, 45 minutes because of all the stoppages. Because as you said, teams are playing not to lose as opposed to win. So um, that would have been awesome, that 20 minutes. And it would have made your night a little less, a little less long. <laughs> it was great. I, I, it, was, it was probably the best period of NHL hockey of the season. Wow, okay. I do have to sit down and watch it. Because you're talking about two teams that have four lines of, of capable players. So every player that's on the ice is capable of, of, of making something happen. Yeah. Some, some more than others, obviously. But, uh, you know, we're not, we're not talking about the, the classic fourth liners that are chip and chase and not very skilled playing very safe. This was back and forth. Good stuff. And uh, Brandon Saad was, uh, or Saad was terrific in that game. He was, he was outstanding. You don't want to, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't want to bring that up and start the why did Pittsburgh pass on him again. Or, or, it's amazing. Or why did Chicago pass on him three times before they yeah. chose him? <laughs> it's, it's, it's always missed, isn't it? If you sit there and you think about it. It's like, look, the, it's not like he was a first-round draft pick that went, you know, went 31st or something. He went through a few rounds. He was, yeah. 
he's a great player. I like watching him play. Covering the Penguins, though, the uh, narrative of why they didn't take the hometown boy. Um, yeah, he wasn't a he wasn't an obvious slam dunk pick. That's why Chicago passed on him three times before they selected him. Uh, that's why stop, every stop team, making sense. It's why every team passed on him at least twice. I believe he was a second round pick, but Chicago had oh, was numerous um, picks, but they still passed on him three times. Yeah, and yes, he would help Pittsburgh. I understand that, but if. <laughs> But but if he was from like Regina, Regina, Saskatchewan, I don't think Penguin fans would be that up in arms about it. It's a fact he's from there. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, sorry it's to like go. That. Sorry to go off uh, off topic a little bit there. I just wanted to bring him up to compliment him on his. Uh, I think I don't know if he had four points that night or. Uh, that many? Wow. Okay. Or he's at least plus four. I'm not big on the plus minus, but plus four is pretty good. No matter how you slice well, it, that means you're at least on the right side for four goals. Yeah. So you're not doing anything wrong there. Um, I'm just trying to think about it. The the John Wall suspension that was like there were. Two games he got suspended for there, mm-hmm. and I watched the Quintel video, and he did a pretty good job of explaining why they only gave why they gave him two. I think the issue I have is that he only got two, and they're not going. Players are not going to change the way they go. He's only missed two playoff games there. That's it. Why would he not go and make that hit again? And run the risk of only missing a couple of games. And he's John Moore. He's he's not Ryan McDonough. They're not going to s- severely miss him. No, but it's, it's one of those things that really frustrates me about uh, about it. Is there's no reason for the players to change at the moment. They don't. There's nothing going on that makes them want to change. Yep, I agree. There's there's no reason. I feel like we beat this point home every week because they, it happens so often. Well, that's their fault. <laughs> and I know, and, and I guess the biggest frustration is I see people yelling at the players, you know, why, why can't they take ownership of this? And quite frankly, they can't. They've shown time and time again that they cannot. So who should take ownership of this? Well, the league. And until they do, nothing's going to change because the players are not capable of it. I don't care what anybody says. You can take the instigator out. You can do all these other things. The players are not capable of it. Only stern and stiff punishments, suspension-wise, that cost them money will be the only true deterrent to ending stuff. Money, money, money. Take yep, their money. Yeah, the... Take 30 games from them. That's money. Guess what? Guess who's not going to do that hit again? The guy that just got tagged for 30 games. Yeah, particularly because most of the people that are doing those hits are, in inverted commas, only earning 500000 You take almost a, almost half of that out of their, yeah, their but wage because they're suspended. Let's use an extreme example. Say, say Sid does it. 
do you think he wants to lose three and a half million dollars? So that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah, that's right. That's, I know they're rich, but that's real money. <laughs> that's yeah, a that's lot right. of that's... real money to not have in your bank account. Yeah. So right. you no matter who you are, a third of what you expect to make for a given year, that's big time. Yeah, you don't want to go throw it away. I mean, put it this way. Let's simplify it into an absurd kind of thing. You're speeding while driving. <laughs> but you know if you get caught speeding, you'll lose a third of your salary for the year based on what you make. <laughs> Anybody going to be speeding? Yeah, correct. It's exactly right. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's a stupid comparison. I get that, but kind of drives the point home. Nobody would do it if they took that much money. Whether, yeah, no, whether you make 50000 a year, 100000 $9 million, no one wants to lose a third. No. no but it's it's just, I don't know. Like you said, we're beating a dead horse. It's just the, the John Moore the, the line was just another example of a player uh, who had a choice to hit a shoulder and chose not to because that was... He didn't miss that left shoulder on – it was Weiss, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, he didn't miss Weiss's shoulder. He decided not to hit it. That was his decision because you and it don't was miss a shoulder from that angle. the pressed hit for the most part. Would you agree? Yeah. Similar. Yep, Similar. totally agree. Yep. Um, and, and, and let's be honest. Yes, Stepan has a broken jaw. But both of those suspensions, well, I guess they were both equal. They both got two games, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. So <laughs> I guess I'll give a backhanded compliment to the NHL on giving them similar suspensions that were not based on injury. However, very woefully inadequate on the number of games. But they at least had consistency, so that's okay. It's, but you're right, the, 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 the length of the suspension wasn't enough. Punish the act, not the result. Correct. They kind of showed some of that, which is good. Their punishment for the act isn't enough, that's all. Correct. I don't know when we'll get to that point. I really don't. I think the concussion lawsuit might speed their butts up. Yeah, we'll wait and see how that goes. Because yeah. I don't think it will. Um... Anything else on the current playoffs? Um, no, I'm actually. I just. I'm kind of hoping to be. I know you want to see seven games with LA Chicago, but I'd like to just see LA win this and them start the finals quickly. I'd like to start seeing that happen. So I'm hoping LA win this game. Yeah, I. Um, it won't upset me if LA wins. Um, it'll be nice for me to uh, say that I. Played high school hockey against a two-time Stanley Cup champion, Dustin Brown. <laughs> uh, that uh, son of a bitch got us good in the, the games that we played against him. We were we both played on pretty good high school teams, but um, clearly, at the time, you could you could tell he was he was going to move on to some bigger and better things. So it was that it was that obvious you could see it well he was in eighth or ninth grade at the time and he was scoring three and four goals so yeah yep no it's always interesting with that it's like you know i've got to play with uh, with and against some 
elite level footballers here and, and you know when you're 16, 17 and 18 you could just tell that they were so much better than everyone else that you know you knew they were going to get drafted so hockey's a, one of those sports where I never know whether you can he was really, see that big gap he was really the only guy that did those kind of things to our team yep. um, cuz we we would both make the the semifinals of the state or the finals too uh, in, in class A, so for for a player to to do those things at that, at his young age, um, that was impressive. So, yeah, biased. <laughs> kind of prop myself up, thinking that you know held our team held our own kind of against a, a player of that caliber. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll run uh, with the Kings uh, there. I love when you I love when you say we held them up, uh, kind of. <laughs> We took a few runs at him. As you should. He uh, got out. No, it's, it's, it's cool. Hey, but consistent with his reputation, he, he took some, some runs at us as well. Well, he obviously hasn't changed. Nope. So that will be nice to see. Plus, it brings the uh, Stanley Cup back to uh, central western New York where I reside, so I'm always a big fan of uh, that happening with uh, – Brian Gianta getting eliminated with the Canadians. That kind of brings uh, the chances of a Rochester, New York Stanley Cup visit out. So, Oh, boo, yes. And Ryan Callahan, the other Rochester guy, he is uh, obviously no longer with the Rangers. So no, no Stanley Cup party for uh, my hometown this year. Uh, well, you can be like my no Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Well, um, I guess the only other thing I had was uh, a, a Penguins kind of related topic, and uh, that would be, I know they don't have a GM right now. <laughs> they got yeah. some important decisions coming up, but um, you have Matt Niskanen's pending unrestricted free agency where he is going to be the top defense target I would assume yes I think I think so it's, I think it's pretty clear he's yeah he is yeah he's gonna it's, be the, it's amazing it's amazing how far he's coming two years yep absolutely and um, the other flip side of that is uh, Chris Letang who obviously had Anything and everything go wrong for him this year. He started the year with yeah. a knee injury. He missed the first, I think, eight or nine games. Then he's out for an elbow infection. Comes back. Then, of course, the stroke. So it hasn't been a very good year for Mr. Letang. And, and that's somebody that keeps really good care of themselves. Yeah. So that's extremely <laughs> bad luck. Well, I don't know if it's bad luck for the Penguins because Stoll got infected for these uh, lacerated tendon as well. So I think they might need to look at what hospital they're getting their uh, getting their uh, players treated at with that elbow infection as well. Yeah, maybe that maybe there's some truth in that too. But um, I read an article in the Pittsburgh Tribune by Dayan. Uh, 
Kova Savage. And uh, I'm glad you tried that because I wasn't going to get there. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I got it right. Um, he, he just had a recent article, and he's he's the gentleman that got the exclusive interview with Ron Burkle and Mario Lemieux and did a very nice job yeah, that's with that. Right. Um, but his he's a columnist, so he does a lot of opinion-related um, articles. And he, he's under the impression they need to trade Chris Letang and sign Matt Niskanen. And I'm not anti trade Chris Letang per se but and th- and this was a few months ago though right now I, I I just don't think that's a good idea he his value is basically you've bought high and you're gonna sell low yes of course so I, I <laughs> whose ceiling is higher between the two at what at what point do you go? At what point do you sit there and say, well, Latang's going to be short of that ceiling. Do we get more value out of Niskanen at whatever rate they're no, paying for? No, but his his actual ceiling that he's already achieved at times. Oh, yeah, no, no, and I agree. It's high. It's just it's one of those things. It's, it's a tough thing with with um, asset management and, and player evaluation. It's good. You get there and you go, okay, this player could be this good, but he's currently only this good. I guess what it what's boils the, down. What's that play? What's that person's ability to to fill that gap to get to as good as you think he can be? I guess what it boils down for me is I think Latang at seven point two five million is a better investment than Niskanen at about six. Yep, totally which, agree. Which you know, people talk hometown discount, yada yada yada. Matt Niskanen has to cash in on this. He's I the number to. one sought-after defenseman. Why would he give a drastic hometown discount? I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't think he should either. I think he should take the money. Well, it's it's the thing, though. People get there and go, oh, but you know, you're going to earn $5 million over six years. It's $30 million in your bank account. And it's like, yeah, but that $30 million has to live off for the rest of his life. Which he can, but... And no, no, I know, but you... you you know, we go back to the normal. But why not live of, off of thirty-six or forty? <laughs> correct. That's no, no. That's right. And and it's not just him. It's you know, he has a chance to set up his kids and his kids' kids for the rest of their lives. So, why would you not get there and take whatever you can? So, you know, so the so say he hometown discount to me would be five million for the Penguins. Agree or yeah. disagree? Uh, yeah, I, I think the Penguins would want him to take less, but that's as low as I think he would go for a hometown discount, yes. Um, how long do the Penguins actually need Matt Niskanen when you, One year. When you start to look at uh, their prospect pool? One year, that's it. And then you're not so, going to be able to trade him, trade him at five for six years because no one's going to want to keep that contract. Why? So. It stings to lose him. I think he's done a really nice job. But I have my concerns about him being a consistent top four defenseman playing the tough minutes. Because I know he filled in when Latang and Martin were out, and he did he did an all right job this year. But at the end of the year, his uh, relative Corsi, which... 
relative Corsi basically just compares, you know, what, or I'm sorry, the relative quality of competition is what I was looking yep. for. It compares and ranks him within his own team. He was fifth out of the, out of Penguins defenseman in the quality of the competition that he faced. Wow, okay. So he did have a great year. But he wasn't playing super tough minutes. And if you're paying a guy six mil, dare I say more than that, if there's a, a silly, a silly GM out there, yeah, um, I have my uh, true concerns with that. And the other alarming stat would be his PDO. He led the Penguins by a lot. I think he had the seventh highest PDO in the entire NHL. And PDO What's is, PDO again? Uh, it combines the on-ice shooting percentage with the on-ice save percentage of the goaltender on the ice. So if you have a high PDO, your team's scoring goals, your goalie's keeping them out of the net. Um, basically, PDO is a fancy way of saying luck. Gotcha. He was in the ten, high 1030s. So everything regresses to 1,000, and he was at 1,030. Friday, yeah. um, so he was right out there. He was very high. And a guy like Sidney Crosby is up there, but he's consistently up there because he's that good. He's yep. the best player in, in the sport. But Matt Niskan is, is uh, not the best player in the sport, so he's going to regress. And if he was only playing the fifth hardest minutes amongst Penguins defenders, and he was lucky, well, <laughs> you have a potential for having a career year. And that's not Which to say pretty he's pretty much not everyone gonna, says that he has, yeah. That's not to say he doesn't have many good years left. This may be the peak of the mountain, though. You may be yeah, buying at the highest point. And that's what everyone's got to work out who's going to try and sign him. Are they buying at the top of the mountain? And is it a pointy peak where it goes straight back down the other side, or is he going to get a, a few years at this level? Well, desperation's a stinky cologne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I've never heard that before. That is great. <laughs> I'll have to keep that one. That's awesome. It is, though. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I think there are teams with a good fit for him that have cap space. I think Colorado comes to mind. I think the Avalanche have great forwards. They have stinky defensemen. He could help them with that puck possession kind of stuff. Um, it'll cost them probably more than what he's worth, but he could turn how, help them turn the corner. Yeah, that's the thing. How do you avoid? How do you avoid that as? general manager to not overpay in that situation because you're right I think Colorado would be a great fit but how do you avoid well overpaying like it, it comes down to the managers doing their job and, and just pitting two teams against each other really doesn't it or you draft oh but just in this situation like they don't they technically don't really have a choice it's well not... you get unlucky with what, what your needs and wants are on a given year this is a yeah. terrible year to need or want a defenseman. Matt Niskanen is the guy. There's nobody else that is on his level. You're talking about Andre Markov, Dan Boyle, uh, Kimo Timonen, who 
is either going to sign with the Flyers or retire. So he's not even a, a real example. But you know what I'm saying? There's a huge drop-off from Niskanen. Yeah. And Dan Boyle, I don't think he's kind of the guy he was, but I still think he's a useful guy. But his age is up there. He's not young like Niskanen. Niskanen ticks all the boxes for an unrestricted free agent. Young, played his best year of hockey. He's primed to make a lot of money. And, and a terrible and market. And then, yeah, I was going to say, and then there's no competition for positions. Like he's, like you said, he is, he is the guy to go for. So, and good luck to him for cashing in. Like, and he might really struggle in regards to playing up to whatever contract he signs. It might affect him. He seems like a guy. Does, that, I hope he does well wherever he goes. I, I have. Oh, like I agree. Him. Yeah. Um, he just he seems like one of those people that that numbers might do his heading. Maybe you know, he's suddenly so. making six mil a year and, and it starts to play pressure on him. I hope it doesn't because, you know, like you said, he's, he seems like a nice guy and, got some and, of the and a good guy as well. For yeah, yeah, he he tells it like it is, and I respect that a lot. And you know, to me, he kind of took over the uh, the mouthpiece of the Penguins' locker room over a guy like Brooks Orpik. Um. One, it helps when you're playing better, because no one wants to hear to like, yeah, I don't want to beat up on the guy, but like when Rob Scuderi starts calling out teammates for not doing yeah. certain things, not playing. I think his one quote earlier in the year was how they were playing it safe or or something. Like, who's he to? <laughs> like, him playing it safe and his weak backhand clearing attempts are what get them into trouble so often like yeah 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 yeah. your bottom feeders can't be the vocal mouthpieces of your team because it's just like no. <laughs> yeah, but but niskanen in a career year was saying a lot of good things and um pittsburgh will miss him but it will be the absolute um even if he signs for four and a half mil i would still say they should move on because the Penguins invested in young defensemen. That was Ray Shero's thing. For right or wrong, that was his thing. They need to start cashing in on that investment by playing these players. You can't keep. You've got to. You've got to come up with cap space somewhere, and playing cheap D is where they have to do it. Now they have some interesting, intriguing options. I'm not going to go out and say that they're guarantees for. Um making it per se or, or being yeah, difference correct. makers but um simone dupre has to play next year barring some unforeseen trade he needs to play i think he will next year if he's still in the organization um scott harrington a young defenseman for wilkesbury right now he needs to get a look brian dumoulin needs to get a look and if Derek pouliot can uh bounce back from his uh, torn labrum shoulder surgery, play a few games in, or play a chunk of games in the AHL and stand out, he needs to get a look. You're talking about guys that have an NHL pedigree, but I'm not yeah. sure where I can peg them for their any Are they all bottom pairing guys? I don't know. I don't think so. You know what's sort of frustrating about 
this lack of knowledge for this team is that you and I both thought because of the lowering of the salary cap for this year that this Penguins team was always going to be short. You know what I mean? It was never going to be quite good enough. It was a transition year. Yeah, it felt as though... It almost felt as though Shero doubled down on this year. I think he doubled down on last year. No, no, you know, he got it wrong got it wrong last year and sort of doubled down in regards to, well, this team's still good enough, even though there are some glaring holes in it, but we're still going to be able to, you know, win with this team. I don't know why they didn't get there and go, you know, we've got no money. How about we try and find out about some of these kids and play them? I just, I don't know whether that's Shiro's decision or whether it's, it's Basel's decision or whether it was between the two of them. But the well, fact that <laughs> Shiro's owning have... that decision right now, because uh, part of the exactly. reason he was fired was exactly what you just um, Yeah, said. but you get there and go, next year the, 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 cap, the upcoming season, the cap goes up. There's space for them to go out and buy parts to help this team. But sort of. They don't know who, they, they don't know who they've got in their back six who is cheap to allow them to have space. They should know what they have in Simone Dupre by now, and they screwed the pooch on that one. Yep. Unacceptable, quite frankly. Totally unacceptable in my book. But, you know, here they are. We'll have to find it out. We'll see what happens. Um, I am... I I really like... um, Brian Dumoulin, who who came over in the Jordan Stahl trade, he, from all accounts, he's been uh, Wilkes-Barre's best playoff defenseman. So he should be able to make a, at least a, a run at things in camp, and I would like to see him there. I would like to see Rob, Rob Scuderi traded somehow. I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah. And you don't really care what he goes for as long as he's off the roster. You could trade him for um, a South Carolina Stingray for all I care. <laughs> I, just, yeah. Chances are a seventh round draft pick is worth more than the uh, random stingray you're trading. <laughs> I, I only bring up the South Carolina stingrays because I uh, spent some time in Charleston. Uh, my wife uh, played some college soccer down there and oh, cool. used to catch some ECHL games. So. Uh, yeah, that's my Stingray reference. <laughs> had good- um, have, you got any, have you got anything else that we need to cover off? No, I think this will be a shorter week. We'll keep, we'll keep it under an hour this week, I think. Oh, well done us. Partly because the Kings-Hawks just started. and uh, um, I've got it on my lap, and it's been quite good to watch as we're doing this. I've been lazy. I didn't even pull it up yet. I've, I, have tw- I have my uh, tweet deck up right now and uh i'm catching some some feedback on the game and uh looks looks like uh i got looks like we're gonna close this podcast off so i can go watch that game nothing wrong with that as an idea i think uh, we should i think that'll do it for this week um so i uh you can find myself on twitter at gunner stall you can find Cameron Walsh at Walshy66. You can find Hockey Hertz at Hockey underscore Hertz. Our website is HockeyHertz.com. You can find my Penguins-related material at HockeyBuzz.com. 
and I got some freelance material on hockeyprospectus.com. You're getting very good at this. I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. It's good. Uh, as Ryan said, nice short one this week. Um, and we'll look forward to doing it again next week. Yes, definitely. Looking forward to a uh, potential Stanley Cup final. But um, go Blackhawks tonight and then uh, Game 7. I just want a close, crazy game. So. Well, the first 10 minutes of this has been good. Good. Well, that does it then. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See ya.